Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. In the winter of 320 AD, Constantine was the emperor of Western Rome, and Licinius was the emperor of the East. And at the time, Constantine wanted to, uh, he kind of pressured Licinius, the Eastern Roman emperor, to legalize Christianity in his part of the kingdom. And in order to do that, he made an alliance with him, like offered his one of his daughters for him to marry, which is, it's 320 AD, so it's like, no one really cares about that. And, uh, but Licinius, after that, he decided to break that rule of suppressing Christianity and uh, oppressing it as well. And how he first decided to start uh, suppressing and, and persecuting Christians was first in his own Roman uh, army. And he started, uh, specifically, I'm going to talk about one uh, group of soldiers, which is... Uh, we're just going to call them the Thundering Legion, because that's what they're known for. Come on. Give me some fire and thunder and lightning. <clears throat> so the Thundering Legion at the time was in Turkey or Armenia back in the day. And the order was passed down to the legionnaires, and the Roman governor would visit each um, Roman legion, and, and they would say, hey, you need a sacrifice to the Roman gods. If you don't, you'll be stripped of honor. You'll be stripped of uh, nobility. And so uh, to read off of that, <clears throat> the Roman gover- governor went to the Thundering Legion, which is comprised of about 40 soldiers, to give you an idea. And he said, I command you to make an offering to the Roman gods. If you will not, you'll be stripped of your military status. The 40 soldiers all believe firmly in God. They decided, hey, we're not going to do that. So they, they said, nothing is more dear to one of us and greater honor to one of us than to serve Christ our God. And they refused to obey the act, choosing instead to obey a higher authority. It's, they believe that uh, in the Bible where it says, you shall, not have, you, will, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. Come on. The governor then tried other tactics to, to deny their faith. First, he promised uh, like riches and honor and, and promotions as well as uh, uh, prom- like a, more nobility in terms of their like more. They kind of have this little weird little Boy Scout rule where they have like the more gold stars you have, the, the, the higher nobility you are, <clears throat> the higher nobility you have. And um, when that failed, he threatened them with torments and torture, uh, with fire and ice. And uh, one specific guy spoke up for him and said, you offer us money that remains behind and glory that fades away. You seek to make us friends of the emperor, but alienate us from the true king. We desire one gift, the crown of righteousness. We are anxious for one glory, the glory of the heavenly kingdom. We love honors, those of heaven. And then he he went on to say, after the threats and and torture, he said, you threaten fearful torments and call our godlessness a crime. But you will not find us faint-hearted 
or attached to this life or easily stricken with terror. For the love of God, we are prepared to endure any kind of torture, which is a big deal because Roman guards knew how to kill you and torture you because they were the ones that put Jesus on the cross. <clears throat> so the governor was, was enraged. They ordered to remove their armor, and they were by the lake. It was in the middle of the winter in Turkey, so it was below zero, and they had a frozen lake right next to them. He told them, all 40 of them, to disrobe, to like get completely naked, and then all go in the middle of the lake. And like to, I guess, to kill them, like just slowly and painfully. And he said, you may come ashore when you are ready to deny your faith. The 40 encouraged each other as though they were going to battle. He said, how many of our companions in arms fell on the battlefront, showing themselves loyal to an earthly king? Let us not turn aside. O warriors, let us not turn our backs in flight from the devil. To tempt and uh, further torment the guys that are naked, just shivering in zero-degree weather. Uh, they had warm baths, as well as like blankets and warm clothes set up along the shore to further make them come off. And he said, if you deny Christ uh, by jumping off, the, I mean, getting out of the lake, then you can have all of this. You can be in the water. You can work, and then you're, you'll be saved, and you won't be stripped of your honor. And that, that went on throughout the night. Uh, as daylight faded, it got colder. Uh, Forty warriors continued to resist. But actually, one actually succumbed to the temptation and left the ice for the warm house that was guarded by a centurion. On the ice, these men spoke and they said, O Lord, 40 wrestlers have come forth to fight for thee. Grant that 40 wrestlers may gain the victory. Their prayer was answered. To the surprise of everybody, that centurion that was guarding the shore took off his clothes and by the movement of the Holy Spirit, went into the lake with them, and he said, if my comrades are believe and have faith and have that much like faith in something that I don't see, I want that. He said, I am a Christian now. And he cried loudly, and he went into the lake with the 40 men, or the 39 men. <laughs> Come on. By morning... All 40 of them passed away, fell asleep. Uh, those that were awake, uh, they were either stabbed to death and they were declared martyrs. And that's why they were called the Thundering Legion because they had the guts to say no to the emperor and they had the guts to stand up for what they believe in and not give up, except for that one guy, but we don't talk about him. But actually, we will talk about him later on. I got another story. Is that cool? What? All right, good. All right, so this story, um, same snowy winter. Not the same one, but it's like AD 800 or something like that. Actually, this story actually is post-World War II. So Romania and Ukraine. I got it mixed up. Uh, we, we go to, at the time, it was the Communist Party. They didn't allow Bibles. They didn't allow any Christianity. They're all atheists, and they, like, promoted that, and they would 
put you into camps. They would throw you in prison if you didn't believe. Uh, actually, if you didn't, didn't believe, if that makes sense. Like, if you believed in God, if you believed in anything else, they threw you. Checked it. Okay. I pressed it twice, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Where was I going? Okay, so the Communist Party, they didn't allow Christianity or anything like that. And if you're interested, I'm so sorry. If you're interested in Cuba and the mission trip, they're a, they were a communist state, and they threw people that believed in, in God in prison. So they don't do that anymore, so... You guys should go. We're going, right? Yeah? Since we're going, you, y'all have to go. Say, come on. All right, all of y'all that said that have to come. Y'all can fundraise. It's easy. All right. So Soviet Union didn't like Christians, obviously, and all that kind of stuff. Let's get back on top. And so we're going to go to some Romanian soldiers. It's right around the border. So they had increased security. And they had, uh, specifically, in the, it's kind of in the middle of the night, and they had some Romanian soldiers come up on some footprints, probably about two feet of uh, snow, because at that time it was just constant snow. And they saw the footprints start to go all the way to the uh, border of like where the U- Ukraine was. And they're like, where are we? We need to catch them before we get to the border, because they might be like trying to either leave or... or or bring some something with them, you know, uh, just because communists don't like people leaving. And turns out that those prints like went nowhere because they were placed by people that were walking backwards into the snow. And so they walked 40 miles backwards in order to like, whenever the people went to the footprints, they went that way, but actually they're walking this way. So I thought that was really cool. Those people later on were caught like three years later, and they were martyred. But the thing is, what they were carrying were like 500 Bibles on them, like like layering their clothes. And that still happens to this day. Like people in China, there's like what? I think they have like 25 million a year or maybe more that like newly saved uh, Christians. Which is a big deal. Come on. Thank you. <laughs> so I say those two stories to say, uh, while I was reading them, they come from a book that it's not John Fox's Book of Martyrs, but it's another one where they have more recent uh, people that died for, for their faith in God. And I like reading those books mainly because I try to think, like, what would I do in that scenario? Like, I hate, hate the cold. Like, whenever I'm, like, if I was naked on, the, on, the, on a lake or something like that, I'd be like, dude, give me a jacket or something like that. I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm good. But these guys, <laughs> yeah, come on. I know y'all get cold. Who gets cold in here? Like, every girl in here. Okay, I'm speaking to the right crowd. Elijah raised his hand, just letting y'all know. 
He's like, I don't, I don't care. I get cold just like another guy. All right. <laughs> so it made me think of like, man, like the Eastern church and stuff like that. Dude, they're going through persecution more than we've ever seen. Like, especially I read this book. They would like tie your arms and legs and then grab a hammer and break every limb. And like you're still like you're in shock, but you're still alive. I'm like, that's heavy. And uh, and like all they said was, and if you deny your faith, you you won't. I'm not gonna break your legs. Like I'm gonna leave you alone. Like and I like to think I'm like, man, would I do that? Like would I give up my faith and be like, eh, I don't want to get beat. I don't want to get whipped. I don't want to. Watch other people. A lot of times they would kill your family, like right in front of you, because of your faith. It's pretty graphic. <laughs> that was a terrible way to come on on that one. <laughs> yeah, they kill your family. Someone's like, I didn't like my mom anyway. <laughs> I put my hand over it so no one would hear that, in that recording. <laughs> I didn't want any parents being like, But uh, let's get back on topic. Uh, I mean, the stories kind of go with my message, but I just wanted to say with the, the, the intent to say that these people, they don't give up. And I like that mentality of people who persevere over, like, tremendous obstacles. They, they make the best movies off of that. I, I don't care what you say, but, like, any war movie where they like, like 300, I mean, they lost, but they didn't give up. <clears throat> I like all of it. I mean, you're not supposed to watch 300 either because it's rated R. I didn't watch it. I read the uh, IMDb. That's what I read. <clears throat> I read the plugged in where it showed how many times God's name was used in vain. <laughs> I'm already on the next page. I'm not even paying attention to this. All right. So there's three ways to jump back on time. Just because it's about not quitting. That's the title of the message is not quitting or don't quit. Yeah. I saw everybody look up there. I'm like, did he put it? All right. It's don't quit. I believe that is one of the most important lessons that we can learn as a Christian is not to quit because I'll tell you what, there's nothing that gives you more of a witness and a testimony than whenever you're not afraid to like stand up for what you believe in and you're not scared to back down and you keep on doing exactly what you were doing whenever things were going great and you're doing the same exact thing whenever things are going down. Whenever you're believing in God for something, and it's going great. And then whenever it's not, you still are. Whenever you're feeling God, and like, man, if you just had worship and you're feeling his presence, it's so much easier to follow God, and it's so much easier to obey and not give up than it is whenever you're hitting a dry spot, and all you can do is just put your hands in your pocket and be like, please, I need to, I need to feel the Holy Spirit. Amen. So <clears throat> I'm going to talk about three ways 
that uh, we can help, or I mean, let's just say three ways that we can not give up, that will help us to not give up. Number one, I found, and I thought about these, man, there's so many. Like, it's so hard to put things in, like, a three-point message. And not to say anybody wants me to, but, you know, God is so complex, but he's so simple. So we try to put God in a bubble, and we're like, all right, this is exactly how you need to not quit in life, how you, how you don't give up. And then uh, there's some other person that's like, hey, that, that didn't even work for me. So, I mean, this is what was, has worked in my life. So that's all I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to act like I know exactly what your situation is. And I'm going to, you know, give a message for that. This is, this is what's worked for me. And I hope it's going to work for you. Okay? Come on. Number one is strength from God and others is a way to not quit. And when I say, like, strength from God, obviously, and I don't know, who was here Sunday whenever Dudley B. Avenue was here? <clears throat> Great. Uh, well, what we need in life is a constant source to God, to and from God. And... What's probably the most important part is our communication with God. And whenever we're going through a hard time, whenever we're going through the thick of it, it feels so good just to say, God, I need you. I need strength for what's going on in my life. I'm constantly arguing with my parents. I'm constantly arguing with my friends. I feel like my friends are betraying me. I feel like nobody likes me. I just need your strength so I can not give up and I can keep serving you. It says in Philippians 4, verse 10. <clears throat> actually, I'm going to skip to verses 11 and 12. It says, I am not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And the thing is, what I want you to know today is that whenever you ask strength from God, do it whenever you're in a good spot. Because that will develop a habit whenever you're in the tough spot that you know exactly who to go to. That you don't come to, to me, to Michaela, to Pastor Brady, and you're like, man, I don't know what to do. Like, man, it's my brothers and my sisters are just constantly fighting, and I don't, I don't know how to go about it. I don't know how to keep going. I don't know, maybe you're like, I don't know, like you're, you're just starting to like date or something like that. Then you get, then someone dumps you and you you hit rock bottom and you're like, man, I don't, I don't know if I can ever find love again. But like, dude, God gives you strength for every single circumstance. And if you ask of him, he'll give it to you. If the problem is a lot of times 
is that we just expect God to give us something that we never asked for. You know, it says in, in Luke, I believe it is, it's like, ask and the door shall be open to you, like, knock or something like Yeah, y- y'all understand, I should probably grab that. I should probably know that because I'm speaking today. But God will give you more than what you asked for as long as you ask. Y'all get me? Say amen. Because that was a good word. <laughs> Come on! So, strength from God. We got that covered. Strength from others is also a necessary component. Because those 40 guys, like I promise you, I mean that one left, but if they were just by themselves, it would have been a lot harder to stay on that water. And a lot harder. It says James 1, 2 through 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So this didn't have to do with others, but I'm going to talk about that right now. Is that whenever you go through a trial, and whenever you go through... I need some water. Whenever you go through the toughest parts of your life. I find it funny that God says, consider it joy. I'm not God, but I mean, it's James. (laughs) God speaking through James. That James says, consider it pure joy. Like whenever you're at the hardest part of your life, whenever your friends think you're an idiot (laughs) or a fool, or you said something dumb and you made a mistake, and nobody wants to talk to you. God says, consider that pure joy, that that tests your faith. Good? Proverbs 17, 17, in terms of friendship and how we need friends, says a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. You know, it's so hard to suffer alone. Like, really, really hard. Whenever you don't have a friend that you can call, I mean, after you you already exhausted God, and you're like, man, I just need to hear a person. I just need to, I, I actually I don't even need to hear them. I just want them to know what I'm saying. I want to feel known. I want to feel understood. Whenever you're going through a tough time in your life, it's so good to call that one person up and be like, you know exactly what is happening right now, and they understand. How many of you have a best friend in here? Raise your hand high. I want to know. Whenever you call that person and you tell them, hey, I'm having the best day today, are they excited? I mean, if they're a good friend, they would be, and they would rejoice with you. But whenever you're having the tough day, man, they empathize with you. They say, like, man, I'm going to sit right next to you, and I'm going to wait it out with you. That's kind of like the Sunday one. I didn't even mention to say that. But the thing is, is that friendship was created by God. God wanted for you to know what true love was. So he put friendships, he put marriages, 
He put like you having a child and, and you get to feel that fatherly love or motherly love, depending on who you are. But the thing is, the most part that I think what breeds and, and what gives the meaning and value to friendships is whenever you're at rock bottom and you have that friend that you can call. Amen. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. That was me today whenever I was going on a delivery, and it was Blake. <laughs> I was with Blake. And, man, I was so tired that, th- that the door was like about 12 feet. And then it had a transom on top. I mean, y'all don't know what that is. But it's like 10 feet high. And it didn't even fit in our trailer. So we had to put it on an angle and put all that weight (laughs) on your shoulders and practically dislocate it. But we had three people for that to get it in. And I'm like, I told Blake, I'm like, man, I am so tired. And he's like, me too. I was like, I tell you what, if I had like like a mini version of that delivery and I was just by myself, I would have been like, I'm saving that for tomorrow. But since both of us were with each other and we're both tired, but we both have a friendship and a bond, we were able to do that delivery also because we need to get paid. <laughs> that was a good, good part, especially like let's say whenever you're working out, it's so much easier to work out with whenever whenever you're with someone. I'll tell you what, you lift more, you work out more, and you don't leave earlier. And you don't get as tired. Because whenever you have someone pushing you and they're like, man, you, you got seven in you instead of three. That, and usually when if you were by yourself, you would like fake it and be like, six. I've done that, so that's why I know. But whenever you have someone like cheering on, you're like, I know you have 10 in you, and you only did three. That's the person that you need. Amen? Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, that Though one may be overpowered, Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And what that means is, exactly what it means. The more people, the more camaraderie, the more unity you have, the less likely you are to be uh, divided and conquered. The more, I mean, the more power you have, it, it, it matters not whether you're strong. It matters whether you have unity with your brother or, or your sister in Christ that you're able to tackle a problem. Because you can have, I'll put it in another way just so you can get it. Whenever I'm growing, going through a scenario, I'm way more likely to not care about the problem and just withdraw. Like that's my go-to situation is if something happens, I'm like, I don't care. Michaela, when something happens, it happens. 
it's emotional upheaval, if I can say that. Good, because I'm going to say it anyway. The thing is, we balance each other out, and whenever it says less like one man fall, the other one can pick themselves up, whenever we go through something, it's almost never we're both at rock bottom. So, I mean, it depends on the day. Some days she's having a bad day, and I'm like, it's okay. It's okay, we can get through this. Like talking to her like a little infant. It's okay. And then she does the same thing to me, though. On, on a day that I'm tired. Usually it's like physically and like mentally tired. And then I'm like, oh. like, or just had a rough day. The thing is, is that we complement each other in the way that if I'm strong one day, I have the responsibility as well as the calling to pick her up. And that's what Christianity is, is after you get saved, you get you get built up in Christ, you have a responsibility to grab those that are broken and pick them up. Good? Second way of a way not to quit is passion. It's a lot easier to not quit when you're passionate about it. (laughs) Uh, I, I probably said this mainly because I just telling Michaela over and over again, but I get passionate about everything. Like last week, I was like, Michaela, we need to get a golden retriever puppy. And, I, and I'm telling you, I looked for three days, research, like all day. Honestly, I shouldn't have get paid for those work days. <laughs> but I looked all day like looking at where, where we can get one. And we could have went last weekend and go pick one up. Like I, would, I, I, I got on Craigslist and I'm like sketchy, sketchy stuff. <laughs> I'm like, you're not going to murder me, right? And I'm like, hey, you got any puppies left? And I'm like, golden retriever puppies? Don't like jip me or anything. And he's like, yeah, we got one or two. And then I'm like, okay, all right, we're going to get this. Mikhail, we're going to get this. And I'm like, actually, let's just sleep on it. <laughs> Actually, she said she said that, but and I'm like, okay, yeah, we, we'll sleep on it. And so I woke up that morning. And I'm like, I still want the puppy. <laughs> and then I looked at our bank account, and I'm like, I don't want the puppy anymore. <laughs> and I and I and I texted her. I'm like, hey, I'm like, we're not gonna get the puppy yet. We're not gonna. And I'm like, we're gonna pay off our debt. We're gonna save. We're gonna. And then, like, I had a whole list. I'm like, we're gonna have a child at this time. Everyone's like, what year? We don't know yet. <laughs> but the thing is, I get passionate so easy. And then after that, it was I was passionate about making bread. And like sourdough bread. And I'm telling you, you look at my YouTube history, and it's like 50 videos of how to make a sourdough starter. And it's like seven days of work. I'm like, heck no. <laughs> and then it was about wood fired pizza, and it was like a $600 wood burning pizza. And I'm like, Michaela, we need this, this pizza oven. I'm like, and she's laughing because she knows exactly that's true. And I didn't plan on talking about this, but I'm like, it's like 600. I'm like, Michaela, if we like, and I like budgeted, I'm like, we can do this. And I'm like, and still pay off our debt. 
she, <laughs> I was like, think about it. We'll, we can bring all the broken people in our, in our home and I can bake them pizza from the bread that I made, homemade. Yeah, laugh. That's exa- and then, I, and then, this past two days, I was researching the Green Mountain Grill, which is like a uh, a wood pellet grill, like a smoker. I'm like, because uh, I love brisket and stuff like that. I'm like, and then I was looking up recipes for something I didn't even have. Like I'm t- like thirty minute videos on recipes for something that I don't even have yet. Or probably not going to have because I'm going to lose that passion for tomorrow. And I'm like, Michaela, we need to get this. I'm like, we can put it outside, and we I, I can put it in a Friday night, and then Saturday morning I wake up and I it's already good, and I and I wrap it up and I put it in for another two hours, and it come out, and then everyone comes over for lunch and we all eat it together. And then uh, t- like I was like, no, we, can, we don't need that right now. I say I said that, she said that. Matthew 6.21 says, For wherever or where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And for someone that jumps around a lot with their passion, and what, I, it's, it, it really is passion though, because I'm committed. I'm like, yo. I was like, it, but also that Green Mountain Grill also had a pizza oven attachment. So instead of, of like wasting $600 on just the wood burning stove, I also have the grill that I can smoke my meat and then make the pizza. Come on. Y'all need to invest in this. Yeah, y'all all can come. Look, well, and it's so big that I honestly, honestly, all of you could eat. The whole, the whole team hitting. Where am I? <laughs> All right. Wherever your treasure is. Treasure. Everyone say treasure. All right, next scripture. <laughs> so passion. First Corinthians 9.24 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control and all things. And then I'll, I'll read the rest later. But, man, go about life. Go about your Christian walk like you love God. Some of us just go to church because our parents want us to. Actually, a lot of you probably do. More than you care to admit. Mainly because I see your faces a lot. And it doesn't like you're, look like you're having a good time. Some of you are smiling because <clears throat> you're like, man, he read my mail. It's because I was that guy for like a year. <laughs> but the thing is, guys, man, if you don't find joy in serving God, you're not going to find joy anywhere. It's, it's pointless. It's useless. There's no value because whenever you go through something hard, in the end, you're probably going to come talk to me. Or Pastor Brent. I'm not even kidding. Like a lot of people that backslide in church come to the people that are faithful. 
and real. And the people that have been through it. Amen? Whoa! Truth bomb. So passion. I'm having fun. Are y'all having fun? Because yeah. I was talking about that grill. That's what it was. I'm like, everyone's like, whoa, he's got a new fire in him. That's the passion, baby. I was talking to Michaela. All right. I believe that we all should have passion. Mainly because you're boring if you don't. Man, you know how boring it is to just come here and sit down and not want to talk to anybody and not want to make friends with your like fellow. You worship right next to each other, but you don't even want to say hi. You don't even want to know their name and you don't want to develop friendship. It's going to suck for you whenever you get to heaven and you're not going to know anybody. <clears throat> My voice broke. I'm going through puberty. <laughs> I'm a late bloomer. I want to encourage you guys to have passion. Be passionate. That I I love the number honestly number 2 is my favorite because I'm I just talked about passion and I'm so passionate about stuff that like right now I feel very passionate about this message and I want you guys to receive it and um Download it in your hearts because whenever you go through a tough time, you'll be like, man, what did Jonathan say about not giving up? I know he was talking about the Green Mountain Grill. I'll save that one for later when I can afford it. But that's one thing I want you guys to know. Number three, whenever you don't have passion, you need to practice discipline. Whenever I talked about how boring it is whenever you don't have passion. Whenever, and I'm not talking about just whenever you're lacking passion, but whenever you're hitting a spot, whenever you don't feel God, and whenever you feel like he's a million miles away, discipline is what can draw you back to God. Because if you're lacking passion, you're not going to want to read your Bible you're not going to want to worship, and you're not going to want to pray. And those three things can draw you back to God. So whenever you're lacking passion and you're engaging in discipline, it's only a matter of time before you have an experience with the Holy Spirit. Amen? It says, I think it's 27 1 Corinthians 9, 27, it says, But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others that I, might, I myself should be disqualified. You know, Paul, he knew how to stay disciplined. If there was ever a person that probably felt like God was a million miles away, it's Paul. Because... Dude was thrown in prison so many times. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was chained up. And, I mean, I get mad when someone rejects me. And then I'm like, I'm going to take it out on God. He knows exactly 
how he feels. So I felt it was so good whenever he said that he, he practices discipline. Because whenever you're not feeling God, you don't want to do anything for God. Can I be real? Like, if I, if, man, if I'm not feeling God, I'm like, why come to fusion? Like, I've had that many, many, many times where I'm like, I'm not even feeling God. Why am I even, I, I should just like duck out during worship, then come back in for the message. And even on Sundays, I'm like, and Michaela, was, I would tell Michaela, I'm like, man, let's just sleep in. We can watch a message on, on YouTube. But the thing is, and Michaela's really good at this discipline, that whenever you establish a routine, no matter whether you're in a good spot or you're in a bad spot, you continue to do it. And that makes it a habit. Okay? Whenever, and, and I'm going to go to this, that discipline shows your maturity. That no matter what you do, that you continue to do it shows how mature you are. You can tell who is disciplined and who's mature pretty much by their behavior. A child is not disciplined. They're not mature. Like if you had a child and you're like, hey, you leave him alone for a week and you're like, hey, make sure you go to bed at 8. I guarantee you he's not going to go to bed at 8 because my parents left me for vacation um, whenever they went. And I was like, I mean, my brother was like five years older than me, so he took care of us. But he was a terrible role model in that sense. That uh, They're like, okay, you have to make sure you maintain your bedtime and stuff like that. I went to bed at like 3 in the morning. I'm like playing Mario. A lot of y'all just play like, Xbox when y'all were growing up, but that's what I played in Call of Duty. Actually, it was like the second Call of Duty is whenever I was playing it, which I shouldn't have been playing because they didn't want me to, but we're not going to talk about that. All right, guys, so the pressure of life and the troubles of life, and I have a little quote right here from myself. It says, anything of value and anything of destruction is born out of pressure. Think about it. I'm going to say it again. Anything of value and anything of destruction could be born out of pressure. Tornadoes is, is formed by barometric pressures changing in hot air and cool air. That's destruction. Earthquakes, when they have two plates conjoined and it shakes, that's pressure. Babies. That's some serious pressure during labor, right? Ask your mothers. I'm going to get some mom. Why were you talking about birthing? I don't know any of your mothers that sound like that. I was more like a teenage girl. <laughs> Guys, diamonds are born out of pressure. Then you have seeds. Usually seeds, in order for them to grow, they need to first be cracked. And for the in, inside of the, the seed to open up is from the pressure. So that, I think a lot of the things God makes is just for us so that we can be like, wow, that's just another symbol of, what, of how we could be. 
Amen. I believe that the pressure of life in each of your lives could birth a testimony, could birth growth. And I would venture to say that that we shouldn't quit whenever that happens. And I do also want to say, I have another story. We have time. Uh, In high school, in around junior year, I started becoming friends with a guy. I'll call him John. So I started becoming friends with John. Guy cursed like a sailor. I'm talking like every three words, there was a curse word. Some of them didn't even make any sense. Mainly because he didn't know how to curse. But I found that interesting. But he was hilarious. And so that's why I liked him. And he, I mean, but he, he knew how to make fun of people. And usually made fun of me, mainly, especially whenever I was a Christian and I had students for Christ and I was one of the Christian club presidents and stuff. And I, and I would kind of venture out and be like, hey, man, you want to come to church and stuff like that? Dude made fun of me so hard because I believed in God. And, and I wasn't trying to win his approval, but I was bullied by him, him, him really only. But I was using this as a kind of a ministry opportunity for me. So I'm like, man, what if this guy gets saved? And I prayed for him every single day from junior to senior year. Till I graduated. Sophomore year of U- of college in UL is whenever, uh, it was a Sunday, it was a nine o'clock service, someone came up and tapped me on the shoulder. I turned around, it was him. I'm like, whoa, I was like, hey man, what's going on? And he's like, yeah man, like, uh, just, just gave my life to the Lord on the Wednesday night service over here. I'm like, really man? I was like, that's awesome. And uh, he kind of told me the story, you know, I'm like, dude, you were the last person that I would think that would get saved. And then, but as I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, he did have a lot of questions, but anytime I gave him an answer, and I didn't act like I knew everything, but he would totally make fun of me. He's like, man, you don't know that? Like, that's the easiest question in the world. I'm like, do you know? Like, I was like, if you know it. But he would, man, he trashed me so hard. And whenever I told him, I'm like, man, you're the last person I would think that would get saved. He told me, he, he's like, dude, you know what it was? Is like, uh, whenever someone asked me to come to church, I remembered you. And I was like, I was like, why? And I was like, he's like, because you didn't stop asking me whenever, whenever I made fun of you. I was like, well, that's a good thought. <laughs> and I was like, and, and that made me think specifically, that, that drew my mind, was that, like through my perseverance and my not giving up, because honestly, I could have just like kind of ditched his friendship and said, like, you know, see ya. I I stuck it out, and I and I kept pursuing him. I was passionate. I had discipline. I prayed every morning for him, and here he is. He has a a kid and he has a wife, and they're good. I'm like, thank you, the Lord, because. Seriously, he was the last person I would say. And we were just like, you just had somebody that had the same scenario. So I'm like, hey, I'm just talking about that. But guys, 
whenever you, in the face of adversity, in the face of trouble and trials, when people know that you're in those trials, in that adversity, whenever you stand strong and you don't retaliate, you don't go fight them, that speaks louder than any scripture you can give, any scripture you could give. I'll tell you what, you are the living word at that point. Because Jesus, whenever he died, he didn't condemn anyone that put him to death. And whenever we, in the face of persecution, in the face of trials, we love and we don't give up in loving, is whenever we see breakthrough, and whenever we see salvation, whenever we see God and his spirit. Amen? Everybody stand. <clears throat> Come on. That was a little low right there. I'm like, amen? You're good. You can turn. You can. Oh, it's really dark. Everybody close your eyes for me. Everyone. Still got three minutes, so we're okay. Just chill out. Just close your eyes. Guys, I want to present uh, really one thing to you. And we're going to have some, actually the altar team, can y'all come, can y'all come up? It's like two people. <laughs> Our leaders are gone. Keep your eyes closed. Whenever you guys are going through a tough time, and when you feel like your world is falling apart, you know God is right there with you. And I believe that if you just ask Him, He'll give you strength for your circumstance. And he'll give you, and he'll shower you with peace. Keep your eyes closed. And I want, man, the thing about passion is that it can, it can wither so quickly. And I want you guys to feel an experience that fuels you for the rest of your life. And I believe that if you haven't received uh, like God's forgiveness and you haven't repented from your sins and, and you're not saved and you're not uh, a born-again Christian, that it's so much harder to go through life. And so right now, I just want everybody's eyes closed. And I'm not going to make you raise your hand. I believe that you can do this as, as your own heart change. You can do this at home. You can just take whatever I'm saying and bring it home and think about it more. And I'm going to give you this. If you're not saved and you want to be, and you want to be able to, in any circumstance, consider it pure joy, the Bible says that if you ask for repentance, you ask for forgiveness, 
you ask Jesus to come into your heart, you make him Lord over your life. And what that means, Lord, is you make him supreme, you make him ruler, you don't have anything over him. That you ask for forgiveness, you repent of your sins over anything that that could offend him and you ask for forgiveness. I'm going to give you the opportunity to, to do that right now in your own words, in your own heart, to confess that, to give that to God. And even whenever we come, we're going to give you an opportunity to come up and then dismiss you. But you can come up and be like, hey, can you help me in that? But the next person I want to pray for and pray with is a person that's going through a tough time. And when I mean tough time, I mean, I mean like you're completely depressed. You have so much anxiety that it's hard for you to sleep at night. That you're worried about, it could be anything. It could be your family members. It could be your friendships. It, it could be you're still d- dealing with a wound of someone betraying you. But the thing God wants to meet you right where you are. And I want everyone's eyes closed. If that's you, and even, even me, I feel like I need more of God's strength, that I feel like I need more passion, and I feel like I need more discipline in an area. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand where you feel like you need more strength in a circumstance where you feel like you need more passion for God, where you feel like you need just to establish a discipline in your life to whenever you feel like quitting, you feel like giving up, God is right there and he's ministering to you. I saw a couple hands raised. So I'm going to pray for you guys. For those hands that were raised, I want you to come to the front, get prayed for. And I I notice one thing whenever we have altar calls is that I know a lot of you and I know a lot of your lives. And man, it feels bad to know that you could have a breakthrough in an area and you don't come up for prayer. It could be out of fear. It could be out of uh, embarrassment. But the thing is, guys, is that whenever you have a victory over that certain thing that's been weighing you down, you're not going to be embarrassed about that. So you guys, I'm going I'm to pray out. And those of you that ri- raised your hands, I know it was a number of you, uh, come to the front. So God, I... I thank you so much that I was able to to speak your word. God, that it, it was fun doing it. God, I believe that in our tough, our toughest spots in life, that you give us strength. God, you shower us with your love. God, I pray for every student that they would feel your love, they would feel your strength, They would feel your patience, your peace in times of trouble. God, because there is nothing more valuable to me 
whenever I'm going through a hard time is to feel your peace and feel your presence. There's nothing like it. God, I thank you so much for these students. God, I pray blessings over each and every single one of them, even for those that aren't here. God, I pray for the same word to be applied to them. God, I pray that it falls on fertile soil, that it doesn't return void. God, we pray all of this in your name. Amen. So you guys, you can you can be dismissed. Those of you that raise your hands, please come forward. Uh, we want to be here for y'all. Thank you. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram.